Welcome to Still Scared Talking Children's Horror, a podcast about creepy, spooky, and disturbing children's books, films, and TV. I'm Ren Wednesday, my co-host is Adam Wybray, and today we're talking about the film Casper from 1995, directed by Brad Silberling. A full transcript of this episode will be available, so check the show notes for that. Enjoy! Good evening, Adam. Good evening, Ren. It's been a been a few weeks. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing all right. I'm being a bit uh, pummeled by the darkness uh, in a in a literal sense. Um, now that the clocks have um, changed and there isn't much daylight, and it gets me every year. But I'm sitting here right now in front of my big light box so um okay while we podcast and um, so presumably emotionally and psychologically not physically pummeled by the darkness yeah yeah no okay um, yeah saying in a literal sense i was imagining (laughs) some kind of spooktacular black caped embodiment of the darkness uh was giving you a pinch punch first of the month or something yeah, no, it's no, not not quite that. Um, yeah, not quite that literal. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and how are you, Adam? Uh, I'm I'm all right. Teaching's, uh, as I related before we started recording, teaching's been quite exhausting recently. I've got a bit cross with the kids, which I don't feel great about. Um, I mean, they just laugh, so you know, I don't <laughs> I don't think they've been particularly traumatized by it. <laughs> to be fair, but. Um, Nonetheless, I like to be a genial teacher. Um, animation club's going well, though. Uh, mm. I showed, I showed Moomins, um, the oh. Moomins, the other day. It was the episode of the cartoon where uh, Moomin falls in love with a ship's figurehead because uh, oh, it's a beautiful yeah. woman, and <laughs> yeah, and Snork Maiden's really jealous, and so takes it out to sea with Sniff to drown it. <laughs> And then Hobgoblin uh, visits, who's been journeying for like 200 years to retrieve some gem that uh, Thingamy and Bob... Is that what they called? Thingamy and Bob? The little little trickster... Uh, yeah, I think so. Which squeaky, one's Hob- Hobgoblin? Squeaky voiced. Well, it's just, a, it's just an interstellar Hobgoblin. Oh, okay. uh, it looks like he's flown in from Sailor Moon, to be honest, mm. who uh, comes in and asks for his gem back and... <laughs> Moomin Mama basically says, well, no, it's it's not yours anymore, it's theirs. And he's like, oh, I've I've searched for 200 years, that's that's very disappointing. (laughs) And then they say, oh, do you want some tea? And he says, yes, that would be nice, and he has tea with the Moomins. Yeah. So a a less horrific episode than than some. um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, It's... it, not a children's horror episode, actually. Yeah. 
and the kids who weren't um, playing games on their phones seemed to enjoy it. So that was nice. <laughs> Uh, and and today we're talking about a film from my childhood, uh, the live-action Casper from 1995, which I had wrongly assumed would also be a film from your childhood. But yeah, wasn't. I mean that was a reasonable assumption. It, I, it was came out of the right. It was 1995, so it came out at the right time for me to have watched it. Um, but for some reason, I didn't. Um, and uh, yeah, it just passed me by. So uh, watching it for this episode was the first time I'd seen it, which is probably quite to its detriment because uh, um, without the kind of sheen of nostalgia it's uh, uh, not great <laughs> uh, yeah so this is quite a cosy watch for me I yeah. probably did enjoy it quite a lot more than you uh, yeah. although I will, uh, will note that it's not the first film directed by Brad Silberling that we've both reviewed oh really? yeah so I looked at his Wikipedia page and a few years after this he directed City of Angels, the Nicholas Cage vehicle <laughs> from 1998, which I hope you remember we reviewed for our old blog, Cage Wisdom. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever mentioned that on the podcast, that we <laughs> we, we used to have this blog of, uh, uh, yeah, of reviewing Nicholas Cage films. Yeah. Um, so if anyone really, really enjoys our <laughs> patter... <laughs> and wants yeah. more of our stuff. You can. <laughs> it is still online. If you look up like Cage Wisdom, um, Nick Cage WordPress, you can find our old Nicholas Cage blog, uh, yeah. where, where we ambitiously tried to review every Cage film. But then he went into a kind of slump in the uh, in the 2010s when he was just making vigilante films, and I think we both lost interest. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you kept interest a bit longer than I did. But, um... Yeah, yeah, uh, but um, we did talk about some some bad movies. Um, <laughs> well, the one yeah. you watched that I never did was that Boy in Blue film <laughs> about about the invention of the rowing machine. No, it was the invention of the sliding seat. For, oh, uh, so is it more specific than the rowing yeah, machine? Yeah, more specific than the rowing machine on actual rowing, but it was the invention of the seat that slides back and forward <laughs> um, to. Uh, facilitate your rowing um which as you will agree i'm sure is a, a historical moment ripe for commemoration in film um but, uh, yeah yeah i mean cage cage is back on top though i don't know if you've gone to the cinema to see a dream scenario no but he well, uh, so... he was also in um wasn't he in Drac- dracula Oh, Renfield, yeah. He, yeah, he played yeah. Dracula in Renfield. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's, his career is... He, he's definitely out of the straight-to-DVD action, grey um. turquoise action film <laughs> thing <laughs> okay, that he was good. stuck in for a while. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is a film directed by Brad Silberling, and it is the first film, uh, according to Wikipedia at least... Uh, to star a CGI character in the lead role. Um, Casper oh. gets rather more to do than Jar Jar Binks ever did. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, well, yeah, he's... Yeah, he, he's there. <laughs> yeah, I don't, so I don't think you're, you're necessarily appreciating how historic this film is. Like... Um, <laughs> So it's produced by Universal. Uh, it's quite 
unsurprisingly, a Steven Spielberg executive produced film. Um, mm. So Spielberg. No, I, I seen... guess yeah. I need to put this in context. The the context of mixed re- real life and animation. You know, nineteen ninety five. That's quite. That's quite a long time ago. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not quite Who Framed Roger Rabbit in terms of look at that spectacle. I would admit, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's pretty well. It's pretty well integrated. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess lead performers in terms of the the flesh actors. Uh, the flashbacks are Christina Ricci and Bill Pullman, and both of them would have had to have done quite a lot of acting to mannequins or yeah. uh, faces drawn on paper plates or whatever. And you know, I think they both do a, a, a pretty fine job. Yeah, they both. Yeah, they both were good. Um, I'm always glad to see Christina Ricci. Um, obviously, I well, obviously to me, I've been. <laughs> watching Yellow Jackets um, when that's uh, been out recently and uh, she's amazing in that so always and this would have been just just off the back of Adam's family yeah yeah so it would make sense to cast her in you know I mean this film is interesting as to whether it's a horror film or not because Casper obviously was already um, a character you know, from mm. from the cartoon Casper the Friendly Ghost, and in and the, the cartoon and and the comics, does he belong to the Archie universe? Because they have a kind of Archie. Um, look yeah, to I think them, it's like a me. Harvey comics. I don't know. Yeah, who that is <laughs> and Woody Woodpecker as well. I think. Right. Yeah. Um. um yeah. No, but, I think I think that I think that is I think you're right. That is the same family. Um. But he's certainly. Richie Rich, that's right, because Casper... Oh, Richie, Richie Rich! Casper oh. is like the dead version of Richie Rich, yeah. Oh, oh, but he's not, though. Well, I guess he, in, no. the, in, the, in the film he kind of is, because in, oh, yeah. I think in the, in the comic he's just... A, he was born a ghost. You know, he was always a ghost. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah, this is my understanding, is that in the comic... Born a ghost. You know, he, he, he's of the species of ghost. OK, So. Yeah. You know, he he doesn't have the kind of melancholia because he doesn't. He was never a human boy. Right. Um, okay. You know, being a ghost is his daily life. It's his bread and butter. Whereas in the film, um, he is um, the ghost it... of a de- of a dead rich child. Yeah, and it's just like Ghost Pinocchio. It's the plot of this film. Yes, I suppose. I suppose it is, or, or maybe closer to Ghost AI. With the mm. kind of increased uncanny charge that the film yeah. has, um, so he's Casper the Friendly Ghost. Um, obviously, the film gets some goofy mileage out of the fact that he's Casper the inadvertently terrifying ghost. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the film begins with uh, two prepubescent lads um, exploring this. Uh, seemingly abandoned uh, mansion. And I will say that the the set design and the art yeah. direction of this film. Yeah, it's pretty it's it's got that going for it. Yeah, it does. Like I I did really enjoy the um effort they put into the the set design of the haunted mansion. It's a it's sort of gaudy like. Mm. Uh yeah. Yeah, Tim, Tim Burton cur- does gaudy. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. 
I know that was good. You know, lo- lo- lovely stained glass, uh, sort of weird mm. little freaky toothed fish creature at the bottom of the banister. Oh yeah, I did. I, that was one of my. I didn't make very many notes for this film, but one of them is fish banister. So um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. It yeah, was a good banister. Mm. Yeah. Great banister, but Casper <laughs> spends his time. I don't know, mooning about the mansion, I guess, and acting as uh, servant to his his three uncles, uh, Stinky, Stretchy, and Fatso, I believe. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They're 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 simply defined characters. I think it's fair <laughs> to say. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and it starts with these two boys going in um, and seeing Casper and and being terrified. But Casper, of course, is the inadvertently terrifying ghost. He only wants to be be friends. Um, yeah. Uh, and and then we're sort of introduced to, I guess, the antagonist of the film. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Carrigan, uh, played by Kathy Moriarty, which is. An appropriate name for an antagonist, um, mm. um, and her and her sidekick uh, Dibs, played by Eric Idle. Which uh, you know, we, we can come back to Eric Idle. Uh, okay, we'll uh, come back to Eric Idle. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she's um, uh, she's being read her father's will uh, by a by a lawyer, and sort of you know, being very. Callous and demanding, I think, is is the vibe. Um, and uh, demanding, you know, what what did he leave her? And it turns out all he's left her is this is this manor house. Um, so, so uh, she goes to visit it and and discovers quite quickly that it is in fact haunted uh, by by Casper and his extended family. Uh, and so we get a, a very short montage of them trying to use exorcists to dispel the ghosts. Oh yeah, that was very perfunctory. Yeah, um, yeah, they have they have an exorcist reference, they have a Ghostbusters reference. Wait, right? Is it is it Dan Aykroyd? I think one of the actual Ghostbusters. Is that okay? Uh, yeah. get, gets his paycheck for quickly <laughs> appearing and donning his costume and then walking off. I don't even know if it was. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I mean, I can't imagine that anyone in, in Hollywood had a career as a Dan Aykroyd impersonator, but I suppose <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but anyway, uh, she then... Uh, well, well, okay, so Casper, this is a hmm. bit of, sort of unnecessary plot device and makes Casper <laughs> even creepier than he needs to be, but not in a good way. Mm. Right, is watching TV and watches um, a kind of infant. Well, I don't know if it's an infomercial, a kind of one of those um, news broadcasts. Local news. Yeah, local news. um, A kind of kooky local news story uh, about a ghost psychiatrist. um, Uh And Casper. takes a shine i guess uh, to 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 the guy's teenage daughter um and hatches very quickly a, a plan to lure her to his house yeah he does yeah uh but by means of 
transporting himself through an electricity <laughs> pylon. So this is he's not housebound, right? He can travel the globe through electricity oh, and transport yeah, himself. <laughs> so I don't know why he's spending all his time with his horrible uncles moping around this house when he can travel anywhere at the speed of electricity. But <laughs> fine, okay. Yeah, it does seem like an unnecessary uh, plot hole to introduce into your into your film but but sure um i mean he doesn't use this power it seems like quite an incredible power that casper doesn't really <laughs> utilize very much apart from to lure a 13 year old girl to his house but okay um yeah which is w- what what he does he basically uh engineers it so um so carrigan sees the television broadcast um of the psychiatrist and his daughter um, and and thus gets hold of him to go and perform this mm-hmm. exorcism on the ghosts. Uh, so so Casper then gets um, th- this girl moving in to his bedroom as it as it happens. Yeah. Um. um. I I I imagine that you weren't particularly a Casper Stan <laughs> watching this film. <laughs> no. Um, you, you didn't find him charming, little, no, little, little I, Casper. I, I didn't find him charming. Um, it's a bul- bulbous, I, bulbous it, head. It's very bulbous. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really like how he looked. Um, I think. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what, what, what didn't he like about how he looked? Um. something fetal marshmallowy oh he is he does look quite fetal yeah you're right maybe that's it Um, yeah just very squishy um a very squishy translucent like boy but i mean not it's not very uh (laughs) person like I think. I mean, I mean, is is he a boy? Is he a pet? Is he an infant? Is he well, is he well, a is he a a, a, a hundred and something year old being? Well, yeah. I mean, I think this is this is why <laughs> the film is trying to situate Casper as a adolescent with appropriate adolescent romantic feelings, and I just wasn't getting that feeling from the creature that was presented to me on the screen right like yeah i didn't feel like yes this i can recognize as you know <laughs> a, r- as a, a romantic human, pro- as, as, as a romantic as a, prospect yeah no it's yeah. he's too he's, he's too weird looking like <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> well i mean c- and, clearly and he's also quite baby looking um and i think <laughs> those two things just make it quite for me, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's that that that's fair, and it it does feel a bit like a kind of weird anime or visual plot come to life, like <laughs> oh, this girl happens to have moved into my room, she doesn't know I'm there because I'm a ghost. Oh no, she's accidentally using me as her pillow. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was a bit. Um... <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, I don't know if that could be texture of the week, the idea of using Casper. Because what would he be like as a pillow? Like, is he gelatinous? <laughs> like, is, 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 he, is he gelatinous? Yeah. I mean, 
Is he soft inside or is he kind of squirmy? <laughs> like... I actually, speaking of this, I had a really good dessert recently, like the other day at, um, <laughs> a, Mal- at a Malaysian cafe. Oh, yeah. And, and it was like, it was like, it was so good. It was like a bowl of textures, right? Ooh. It had, so it had this kind of squishy like taro that was kind of like mochi. And then it okay. had like two types of tapioca. Like it had the small sago um, tapioca and like the larger tapioca pearls like you get in bubble tea. Mm-hmm. And then it had grass jelly. Um, and then it was all like swimming in coconut milk. And it was just oh, like wow. this amazing bowl of shapes and textures and colours. Um, um, and you think Casper's made of that? I mean, I, I can imagine him having a mochi like consistency, I think. Yeah. Yeah, a little, yeah. little mochi boy. Yeah, no, yeah, I can totally yeah. imagine him having a mochi like consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's do, I mean, I don't even need to sing Texture of the Week. Did you hear my AI? Look, I've got AI to do my work for me. What? <laughs> I, I, play, I need a song. I, we're living in the future. Like, computers can just sing about textures. You can make them do that now. Oh, I I didn't, I, I missed that. It's like, um, it's like, I got, it's like a folk song. <laughs> okay. Now, like, here... Textures everywhere. I, 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 yeah, I just, I just played that. Um, oh. Okay. Well, I woke up this morning with the skip in my step. The birds were singing and the sun was shining so bright. I took a stroll down the road feeling so free. Little did I know chaos was waiting for me. Textures. There we go. When you listen to the episode in full, you would have just heard it. And... Oh, amazing. Wow. Okay. So... Yeah. Thanks. Great. Um... Yeah. It's almost like Simon and Garfunkel are back together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but okay. So, so is your texture Casper or is it something um... else? Oh, I think maybe my te- maybe my texture is Casper. Maybe it's specifically when he's trying to describe what he's made of. Um, and he says, you know that tingly feeling when your foot falls asleep? I think I'm made of that. That's quite quite whimsical. That is quite whimsical. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was quite appropriate. Um, um, my runner-up is Fish Bannister. Um, <laughs> oh, I knew you'd like the Fish Bannister. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean... In terms of Casper textures, my favourite bit is later in the film, um, he's got some kind of uh, telepod-like machine. Um, imagine the teleporter that Jeff Brundle uses in The Fly, but more oh. steampunk, um, to oh, try yeah. to bring him back to life. And he gets interrupted halfway and he becomes a big Casper egg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, like big drippy Casper egg. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that thing is quite like The Fly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, that was quite good. But my, my text of the week is um, Eric Idle's laugh lines. <laughs> on, on his face? Yeah, on his face, because from, from all, his, all his smiling over the years, he's got these wonderful laugh lines. 
wonderful crow's, crow's feet at the, <laughs> the sides of his eyes. Oh, and uh, I know, well, I know. I mean, I know that Graham Chapman was always your favourite Python, but you must have had a lot of fondness for Eric Idle when you were young, because I know you liked the Ruttles a lot. I did like the Ruttles a lot, and also when I was younger, like before, before my Python era, I um, I really loved the Wind in the Willows, um, ah. which um, which is probably one of the things that had the most full cast of Pythons post Python, like it had. Eric Idle was um, ratty. Terry Jones mm. was Toad. Um, Michael Palin just like had a cameo. He was like the son, um, and John Cleese was in there somewhere. Um, Badger, so... possibly. No, no. Um, I think it, John Cleese was like a lawyer or something. But um, okay, yeah. But but yeah. Um, but I really loved that film as a kid. Um, so. Um, so which which would have been in production around the same time as Casper yeah, yeah, like maybe maybe a year, a year afterwards yeah i mean my <laughs> so <laughs> i was going to be rather meaner about eric idol because i think um he did go on uh, somewhat in the 90s had a kind of quite prolific uh stage of just being a massive sellout and just like being in literally anything. Um, he's in so many bad movies from this time. Like, um, yeah, just playing like the kooky English man kind of thing. Um, that was very much his niche for a little while there. Um, but he, he's sort of he's sort of doing his glad handling, obsequious type character here. I'd say. Yeah. Um, that he does a lot in Python. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, that, that's true. He did have quite a line in kind of oily characters. So a Uriah Heep type character. Hmm. Um, which, which, you know, I think works. I, I remember as a kid being disturbed by the amount of abuse he, he gets in this film. I do yeah. vaguely remember as a kid feeling quite sorry for him, not really <laughs> understanding what his relationship uh, was with Carrigan because I think he's her solicitor or something but there's possibly a romantic thing going on as well um, oh, right. it's, quite, yeah. uh, it's yeah. quite undefined which I, I just remember as a kid not really being able to work out what their relationship was and feeling that she treated him very badly and feeling quite sorry for him basically yeah yeah he, he does uh, get on the wrong end of the slapstick quite a lot but... yeah um and I also remember finding the ghostly trio fairly scary, actually, which is interesting because, oh, really? as I know, you know, they're, they're just used for gross-out humour, really, yeah. these three ghosts. Um, but I actually did find them quite intimidating. They're pretty chaotic, and it's very hard to tell how evil they are, like, you know, to what degree they're murderous, to what degree they're just jokers, and to what degree they're genuinely dangerous. It's quite uh-huh. unclear. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, <laughs> I I struggled with those characters. I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> they, they're very obnoxious. Um, yeah, so so basically, they're Casper's free uncles, and they're not too pleased uh, with Bill Pullman and Christina Ricci uh, moving in to their abode. Yeah, um, so they. 
yeah, so that's that's kind of the uh, the conflict of the rest of the film is <laughs> is them versus versus Bill Pullman and um a for uh, for rule of the house really um and there's the sort of various kind of he sort of there's various kind of attempts to strike a bargain with them like um to um that like Bill Pullman's character says he'll he'll leave them alone and like call off Carrigan if if they um can in, like let him speak to his dead wife kind of thing um yeah i mean there's a fair amount of sentimentality in this film mm. um i it's sort of gestured towards i don't think i do remember finding the music quite evocative as a kid like the kind of music box style melody that plays when Casper's talking about how he died um, came back to me mm-hmm. um, when watching the film. And I do remember finding that music very sad as a kid when I watched the film. Um, but I feel like the kind of theme of... It's maybe a little bit too um, bashful <laughs> about the theme of death. Like, especially if you compare this to Beetlejuice and it's obviously being released in the wake of Beetlejuice mm. I would say this film yeah Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice is... which we subtitled The Ghosts Who Were Nice so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think Beetlejuice while possibly less appropriate for kids um, in parts of it is certainly a much more successful film um, partly because it's just a lot more dynamic um, and the character of Beetlejuice introduces another element of conflict outside of just the getting the ghosts out of the house. Mm. Um, but also, it's more sober and clear-eyed about the topic of death and approaches it in a more interesting way, whereas I feel like Casper's quite cliched and sentimental about death and doesn't really explore it particularly. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, I think, <laughs> and this is like, like I was saying with Casper, none of the ghosts really feel they they feel like they are of the species ghost. They were born a ghost. Mm. Um, like don't I don't I never really thought <laughs> they don't really feel any connection to them as having been former living human beings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, although you say that, but obviously what happens in the plot, weirdly, um, is that Carrigan is um, partly interested in the mansion because she believes that there's some treasure buried there, basically. And so, you know, she's very money-driven. And so then has... Okay, so (laughs) there's a machine uh, Mm. that Casper's father was working on uh, to bring Casper back. Uh, which uh, can bring ghosts back to life, um, yeah. and and basically, <laughs> Carrigan discovers this, and so has the plot that she will kill Eric Idle's character. Then, as a ghost, he will be able to <laughs> yeah. float his way into the the safe uh. or the vault, bring out whatever the treasure is, and then be brought back to life. Yeah, yeah, which is about as convoluted as a 90s adventure game puzzle. 
Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You have to kill the lackey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. But but actually, uh, she ends up. She tries to run him over. Basically, there's a, a series mm. of Eric Idle is almost murderously killed, um, and and then she she tries to run him down in her car and ends up uh, parked at the edge of a cliff, opening the door and plummeting to her death. Yeah. Um, so, and so then, then returns, she she comes back as a as a as a ghost. Yeah. As a as a giant ghost, no yeah. less. Very large. I don't know yeah. why. Like this, this her. <laughs> She she has so much ambitious evil energy that she's really big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um. And and then she she go she floats through the safe door to get the treasure. Um. <laughs> I should have written this down because I watched this like two days ago and I already can't remember what happened. Well, okay, well, what happens is that the treasure turns out to just be some old stupid baseball glove that Casper likes. Oh, yeah, okay. It's just a and sentimental like, treasure. As, uh, exactly, Casper's like, uh, oh, see, that's what the treasure is. That's more the real treasure. That's the real treasure, more baseball glove. Oh, I'm an all-American boy. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, um, and and then the, the oh the thing, the thing I did like was was using the like the little Hoover the little dustbuster as a weapon against the ghosts. Um, I thought that was um, yeah, that, that's that's pretty neat. Um, Mackie does that with flies. Um, oh, yeah. Is it in a, in a, in a business like way, or does she make a game of it? No, very business like. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That that has a certain decorum, I think. Mm. Good. Um. Yeah, but yeah. So then, so Casper is the one who gets he gets turned back into a into a human boy. No, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. That's that's like Cinderella. No, you can't. That's that's, that's a completely what? different. That doesn't happen. What? <laughs> what? No. What? No, because Bill Paul Bill Bill Pullman accidentally <laughs> dies by stepping into like an open drain or something like <laughs> a construction uh, site. He becomes a ghost. Oh, Casper's yeah. going to be turned. It's like you didn't even pay attention to this film at all, Red. And then Casper selflessly sacrifices oh, yeah. his own potential life. For Bill Pullman to be brought back to life, <laughs> but because of this sacrifice, the good witch or the good ghost of Christina Ricci's dead mother, <laughs> yeah, grants Casper the magical wish of being a boy until not midnight, but ten o'clock, because midnight would be too late for a twelve-year-old. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. I. I, I... I didn't really. I wasn't really into this film. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then, and then, uh, nice guy Casper gets to have a, a dance with Christina Ricci. Yeah, and I, oh, he has this, he has this weird, creepy little catchphrase where he's like, 
to her, can I keep you? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, he whispers it. And, mm. and he also, he very cleverly, what a clever little ghost, he kind of says it while she's falling asleep. So she doesn't really understand what she's committing uh, herself to. Oh. It's, 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 it's clever ghost tricks. He's like, can I keep you? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just falling asleep. Yes, yes, Casper. And he's like, ah, ha, ha, the contracted seal was mine forever, human. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's a bit of a little creep, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, he does, yeah, stretching the bounds of imagination, he does turn back into a a normal-looking human boy uh, rather than a, a mochi creep. Well, you, you say a normal-looking human boy, but actually, since you mentioned it, he does look quite a lot like Richie Rich. Well, yeah. So uh, I think this theory, yeah. I think this theory is canon. I think he turns back into Richie Rich. <laughs> is this a Simpsons bit or something? I, I feel like <laughs> Casper and Richie Rich being the same. Oh, thing. maybe it is. It does yeah. seem like it's something yeah. that might happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um. there's also another kind of weird creepy bit because like they have a little kiss at the end of the dance and then like before she knows it he's transformed and her face is like inside his face oh yeah like like because they're leaning forward and they're like she's sort of led into him i don't know that freaked me i didn't like that i thought it was <laughs> horrid <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'm sorry for my pretty uh lackluster um <laughs> approach to this episode well you know i mean it's okay because you've got two opportunities to redeem yourself ren because we we can next talk about casper a spirited beginning the 1997 director video fantasy comedy Mm. um that 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 followed um now don't don't worry look I'll, i'll read the production notes from wiki to get your enthusiasm up okay while Universal Studios planned their own sequel to 1995 film Casper for a tentative 1999 release, Harvey Entertainment, who owned the rights to the IP, shopped the property around, looking for other studios interested in producing products based on the character. Harvey eventually set up production of a direct-to-video prequel, prequel film with 20th Century Fox. After finishing work on Free Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, director Sean McNamara approached producer Mike Elliott about the directing job. And after showing Elliot Free Ninjas, McNamara was hired. Based on five reviews on review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes, naught percent of critics gave the film a positive <laughs> review with an average rating of 2.2 out of 10. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Um, um, so so okay. for, to, to tell the, the listeners, this was a bit of a last minute one because... We were going to do Terror Vision, which we we will we will still do, but we um decided we needed another a guest in this in the mix. Well, I to, think to, I think to... I think I needed needed long longer to emotionally and psychologically <laughs> process Terror Vision. It was my basic feeling. <laughs> yeah, um, which is one of those remarkable eighties films that literally seems to have been intended for no audience <laughs> at yeah, all yeah. ever. Yeah, it's appropriate for no one. It's li- literally appropriate for no one. <laughs> Astonishingly, <laughs> but but don't worry, Ren, because after Casper's Spirited Beginning, we've got Casper Meets Wendy from 1998, what? which like, is a ca- yeah, it's a sequel to Casper's Spirited Beginning. Like Wendy from from uh, Peter Pan. Wendy from Peter Pan. 
No, no, no. It's the good little witch named Wendy, oh. um, who who is another comic book character from Harvey Comics. Um, okay. Yeah. There's also Hot Stuff, the Little Devil. Um, oh. Oh, it does have Shelley Duvall in it, though. Oh no, no, oh no! <laughs> Suddenly, you are actually interested. <laughs> 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 Oh. <laughs> that, would, that would probably test my devotion to Shelley Duvall, to be honest. Um. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, after this, I went on YouTube and tried to kind of watch watch some of the original Casper cartoon, but I found it pretty charmless, to be honest. I, I think the original cellular Casper, as you said, is a bit cuter than CGI yeah. Casper. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's a little bit... A little bit more of a charm to to the two D Casper. Um, there's now we... like yeah, there's now like a, a new Casper cartoon for kids in some kind of like ghost school or something. Mm. Yeah, should, should we finish I, I... by talking about that that Who Friend Roger Rabbit thing you sent me? Because that was a bit. I I I never know if we should do an episode on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? Because again, yeah. it's not really a kids' film. Um, I definitely watched it as a kid and found it very scary. <laughs> um, I've never I, I, seen I, it. I, oh, oh, maybe. We, I, okay. Well, you can now see from. So I sent Ren uh, a deleted clip from it. Do you want to describe? Yeah, <laughs> I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes. But the, okay. <laughs> and what what happened? What happened to Bob Hoskins in it? <laughs> and what happened to Bob Hoskins in it is <laughs> is that they, they, he was going to have his head transformed into a pig head. So, but it shows this clip of him kind of running out of this tunnel, and like, but they hadn't done the whole animation. So the first horror of this clip is that he's got this sort of horrendous kind of wire mother kind of contraption on his head <laughs> that, that's like going to be like if, you know to, to the scaffold for the animation, and he's running around, with this, <laughs> um, <laughs> which was frightening enough. But um, but then he's a. Uh, he, he he ends up going like, going into the shower. Yeah, and yeah. Like, and the the, the, the it was that the the, uh, the pig's head kind of runs off him in the shower and it sort of melts and then like floods down the drain pipe, like eyeballs and all. It's just <laughs> um, yeah. And there's like a talking head being like, yeah, that this was the first scene we uh, animated for the film, so we're quite disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was great. It was really yeah. satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did enjoy that. Um, yeah. So, so e- even if you didn't enjoy the textures of Casper too much, at least you got to mm. look at the texture of a dissolving pig's head going down the drain. <laughs> pig's head, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was wondering, is there any uh, non-children's horror you've been enjoying lately? So, 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 sorry, you cut out any. Any nunchucks? It sounded, it, sounded, it sounded like you said. Oh, I thought you said any nunchucks, um, <laughs> which I haven't been. Um, no. What? What have I? I'm so busy, Ren. I mean, oh. I've I played a little bit of video games. Like I played Orwell. I finally got round to that, um, hmm. which is quite a good, you know, adventure kind of visual novel uh, with heavy-handed but decent 1984 style themes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've been watching occasionally Only Murders in the Building with my mum, mm-hmm. um, 
which is you know very light but Steve Martin's obviously always a gem um, especially you know when he's written something himself um, he's good friends of Joyce Carol Oates as well so oh wow Hmm. That that that's partly why I like Steve Martin nowadays. <laughs> um, but yeah, not not much. I ha- have you then, Ren? Well, I, I mean, I've been I've got very into uh, the Boulay Brothers Dragula uh, recently, Ooh. which is a uh, a horror drag competition. Uh, oh, cool! Which is uh, streaming on Shudder. Uh, oh, nice! So um, yeah, uh, it's. Uh, the the fifth season is is currently airing, but I I'm still catching up on the back seasons. But uh, it's great if you're uh, not for not for kids, but it's great if you uh, enjoy the spooky and the creepy and the nasty <laughs> and the costumes and their performances and everything. It's it's very good. Um, hmm. um, um I I enjoyed the new Nicolas Cage film Dream Scenario, in which. Nicholas Cage plays a man who appears in everyone's dreams, just like Ooh. real life. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, right. Well, I think I think that's probably probably yeah, do it for Casper. Yeah, um, that would yeah. do it for Casper. Let's do the credits. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll return with something where I've uh, paid a little bit more attention to the source material. Um, yeah. Oh, we probably we probably should have mentioned quickly how Casper died, which is basically he was petulant about wanting to use a sled, and uh, went out sledging and was like, oh, "I want to play on my sledge and I want to come in. I love sledging. I'm a rich kid." Um, and and then he just died from too much sledging. Like from the cold. Just. No, I think he out out sledged himself. <laughs> exertion. Oh just wow. To be honest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh. There's a lesson then to the yeah. film. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you for listening. Um, um, our theme tune is by Maki Yamazaki. Our outro is by Joe Kelly. Our artwork's by Letty Wilson. Um, if you enjoy the show, then please like leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever, and. Um, you can email us at stillscaredpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I think that's everything. Do you uh, have a just, sign off for us? Oh well, yeah, just just don't be like Casper, creepy it, kids. Yeah. There are there are better ghost role models out there. Yeah, it'd be creepy in the good way, not in the Casper way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be creepy <laughs> in the good way, not the Casper way. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye, creepy kids. <laughs> 